So on this episode, we have my lovely friend, Alex. Uh, Alex, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell the people Hi. a little bit about yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. My name is Alex. I am a student currently. I just started a podcast this year called Tap and Tap Out. We talk about mental wellness, spirituality, humor stuff. I don't know. We try, I try to get off on there too because <laughs> I try to have a good time. So I was really happy you invited me to come on. So happy to be here. And I love your podcast. I've listened to all your episodes so far. And oh, thank you. Yeah, you, yeah, your voice is very, um, what's your word? Mel- Whoa, what's the word? It's like a melody. <laughs> I love it. Wow, I appreciate yeah. that. I enjoyed it. So we are going to play this game called We're Not Really Strangers with the hopes of breaking the ice one and just making the audience feel more connected to us because we're all humans. We all have a story. We all have, yeah, we all have a story. So, wow, Alex. (laughs) Wow, okay. So this question, what's the most pain you've ever been in that wasn't physical? Oh, (laughs) that's for me? Yeah. Um. You know, something came to mind, sadly. Mm. And I had no intention. It's really, it's really weird we talk about this. Um, so what came to mind, and I don't know if it's like the most pain I've ever felt, but definitely thinking of moments of extreme pain that's not physical. Hmm, I have to go back in my, my memory bank for this one. I had a friend who we were having like a hard time. And basically, I didn't know this at the time, but a part of why they were having a hard time was because they were struggling with um, minor depression. And I was still growing. I'm still growing, but I was still definitely growing in how to be a good friend. And I didn't understand why I wasn't getting like the reciprocation that I expect out of this friendship. Um, They never promised me that, you know, but I was like, you're not talking to me. And if, if you are struggling, I'm the one to talk to you. So I don't know why you're not talking to me about what's going on, you know? And I was super like immature. And so I kept pressuring this person over and over again all week. And then they just kind of told me and what was going on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like the psych major. I'm like the one that's supposed to be like the one to be able to hold space and give space. And yeah, I'm like adding to this person's trauma. And Basically, they were like, when they had told me, it was like, yeah, and I need some time away from you now. Like, that's kind of it, you know? And so the next morning, I woke up, and this is, like, burnt in my, like, my, my memory, but the next morning, I woke up, and, like, I just felt terrible in my stomach, and, like, I couldn't go. I didn't do my day. I did not do my day. That first half of the day, I just, like, cried, oh. and I, like was super emotional. I just felt like I just did the opposite of what a friend's supposed to do, you know? And like, I was so like caught up in what I thought I could give to that person that I was one of the main reasons why they like are having a harder time now. And so I like remember just feeling, I was in pain. Like I remember that moment. And there are a few times in my life that I feel like I've been emotionally in pain, you know? Mm -hmm. But that was just super hard for me. Um, 
and it, it didn't it didn't end well just to be honest like we really stopped being friends like it was like really terrible so it, it didn't like stop after that moment but that was definitely a marker that this friendship wouldn't be a forever one you know because I, I couldn't be I, I wasn't who I needed to be in that moment for them you know so yeah that's my answer <laughs> wow I'm so sorry that has happened um yeah I, I forgot about that completely <laughs> I'm just that I didn't really I should have thought through this because <laughs> questions are very I don't want to say triggering but they really make you like tell the truth there's yeah, no there's no way to jump truth. around it yeah, yeah like, there's no other way but to tell the truth um, and I was playing this game with some of my friends too. And it was just like, it was, I don't know. It has like some magic power. We just want to mm, tell them all. Yes. And like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Um, but wow. I think my, my same, my, my answer would be the same thing to yours. Mm. Um, the most pain I've been in has been emotional pain. Emotional pain from past traumas, especially surrounding like family, um yeah a lot of a lot of my traumas come from family and just like Mm. dad mom brothers you know it's just yeah so I think one of my biggest thing was when my dad left actually so Mm -hmm. I was 12 or 13 and you know you're young you're like I'm the only girl I'm daddy's girl you know I played golf with my dad like, you know, we had, we had those moments. So to go from having a quote unquote healthy family structure to not having a healthy family structure, mm-hmm. it was, um, it was startling, you know, at a young age. Um, and I went through a lot of suicidal ideation because of it. I had like my most depressive moments at that time because it wasn't only my parents being separated that came with like financial problems financial problems led to like you know more trauma surrounding money and it was it was it was like a whole slippery slope of trauma to be quite Mm. honest um yeah yeah, that was that's my and it still haunts me to this day so that's kind of crazy how it happened when I was 13 and I'm turning 24 and yeah so yeah thank you for sharing that Thank you too. Wow. I didn't really expect this. Wow. This game said golf going to be close today. Out the gate. <laughs> out the job. Uh, wow. Um, so our conversation today is around Soul, the Pixar movie that's on Disney Plus. If you haven't gone and watched it, I think you'll need to watch it. Pixar, if you ever just want to like sponsor a kid, yes. I can I can be a representative Ciao. for you. Come on, now. come on now. Go down, go down the line, honey. Please come, come down on. To... <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna be talking about soul. Um, a lot of I'm sorry, that's my email. Um yeah, we're gonna talk about soul. We're gonna talk about what stood out for us. Our main topic is gonna be a purpose, and then under that, we're gonna have different conversations, like sub-conversations, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. my first question for you, Alex is so i was watching this movie i watched it over this morning and i realized there's a lot of like yes charging words that the movie uses and three that i picked up on was purpose spark and jazzing that's like what Mm -hmm. joe and 22 use throughout the whole movie so 
my first question is to you, what is your definition of purpose? Um, so I guess for me, I have like what I understand purpose to be and then how I live out purpose is two separate things for me, you know? So, so purpose as a concept is, I feel like the reason why something exists or the reason why something is done or created, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas today purpose for, for my life is like being authentic or being who I am, you know, which is going to be different in every moment. And it was not like that until honestly, this is like, as of like end of last year, kind of changed my life where I like had to reevaluate what purpose means for me. Mm -hmm. But in this season, purpose for me is just making sure that I'm being authentic to who I am, you know, mm -hmm. and that isn't all parts of my life. So do yeah. you think the two would ever bleed into one, to one another? Yeah, I think that my reason for being is being, you know? So like, it is who I am. And like, it's been hard because when I say that there is this pressure of like, just because I might understand what my purpose is, doesn't mean that I'm doing it or like I'm living in it fully, you know? Like <laughs> I can understand that my purpose is to be myself and be authentic, but am I doing that all the time? No. You know, mm -hmm. and so like I it's like a pressure, but I feel like it's less pressure than what I used to believe, which is purpose is like something to run towards and meet, like kind of like how Joe was in the movie. Mm -hmm. I could just jump in because Joe was like it was so heartbreaking. He's like waiting his whole life to like start his passion and start his purpose. And then when he got there, he was like, All right, so this it I'm still yeah, I'm breathing the same air, taking the same showers, like uh -huh. we're in the same clothes. Like, I was like, wow, that's so crazy because we do our lives thinking like that. We're just kind of mm -hmm. like waiting for purpose to start, you know? And so I think I'm trying to move away from that and be like, okay, purpose is like, I'm doing purpose right now, you know? Purpose already started, like, and purpose will continue, you know? And it's not something I have to meet per se. There are milestones I can hit. And there are things that I can aspire to, but I have to believe that I'm already fulfilling my purpose, you know? I agree with you 100%. Um, um, for me, I would say I had two definitions of purpose. Mm -hmm. The first one is exactly what you said before, but this is the one that I had growing up. It's the idea that purpose is something that I had to chase that there was going to be this one defining moment where I'll stand up in a crowd and be like, ah, yes, I have achieved my purpose. Yes. I'm here right now at 3.03 and I am in my purpose. That's what I thought my purpose was. Like I had yes, to live my life same. each day, every year, running to that purpose. But as you said, what I realized, especially now that I had to change my major, um, mm. My purpose are all those small moments that I've had leading up to the grand reveal of what I want. So me going to school to get my master's degree in social work, that whole process is my purpose. Us doing this mm -hmm. podcast, this is our purpose. Us having yeah. conversations with friends uh, outside of this podcast, 
that's in our purpose us watching shows that stimulate our mind that's our purpose like all these small moments that we live every single day they add up to what is going to be but i think pixar does it so well in soul they showed us how joe he lived that first idea he lived in that um idea of okay when i start to play with dorothea williams i'm going to be in my purpose but he didn't realize when his dad well it took him until you know the end of the movie but um at that moment he didn't realize that him going to the jazz house with his dad was part of his purpose him mm, teaching in school yeah. was part of his purpose like he he thought that the moment with Dorothea was it and not to even like jump the gun but I feel as though it hits like this um example hits me on the head when Dorothea mm-hmm. and Joe they were um they were outside the club and Joe was like so what are we gonna do what's next and Dorothea was like well this is it this is the moment right here mm-hmm. and we're gonna repeat that we're gonna repeat this over and over again I'm gonna come back tomorrow yeah. and we're gonna play and then she said something after that and she said um there's a Chinese proverb that she told Joe and she said there's two fish in the ocean one fish goes up to the other fish and he asks where's the ocean I'm looking for the ocean the other fish responds to him while you're in the ocean right now and the fish said what this doesn't look like the ocean like this isn't what I this is not what I pictured you know little did he know all the time he was living in the space that he wanted to be in and I think that's what we need to, well, I should say for me, what I need to start doing, mm-hmm. realizing the ups and the down that come with every single day is part of my purpose. You know, my um, purpose isn't going to start when I get my uh, master's degree or when I open up my private practice or when I have clients, that isn't my purpose. All these things right now is my purpose, but yeah. Um, I love that. And honestly, it was, interesting to me because you know him being like a jazz musician like jazz is about improvisation it's about like like every time will be the same you know Mm -hmm. and so like it's just really funny and I think about it how like his passion is this like I'm saying improvistic that's not a bad even a good word but this improv heavy like creative outlet and yet like he didn't realize that like a, like a Dorothea who's like, yeah, doing that, but it's just the same place, same time for like two, three weeks at a time. Like, mm-hmm. and like, he didn't really, I don't know, like his, his perception of what it would look like was different than what it actually was, you know? And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people struggle with that, me personally, and this might be connected or might not, but I've been, when I watched the movie again this week, I was kind of stuck on this scene where, he was teaching you know teaching jazz what he loves to do um and they offered him this full-time position and it was like a long time coming and stuff and like he was like not excited for it and it's just like it was scary to me that like so many people including myself like I one of my fears in life is falling into that almost a trap you know of like I'm happy he didn't settle for the job but like he said, like he could have found his purpose in what he was doing at the time. Like it wasn't like he hadn't started yet. He's like, he's middle-aged. Like he, he has lived a life, you know, he inspired people. Mm-hmm. And it was just scary to like receive something like a full-time job and think that that's like not a good thing or that, you know, like 
all right, purpose is going to take a little bit longer now. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, I'm just scared that I'm going to fall in that kind of a trap. And to add to that point, too, um, did you have a sense that he felt as though, like, he was running out of time? Like, he was trying to, yes. like, clock? Because I don't mm-hmm. think they touched on it, but you can see in his face and when he's talking to his mom that he had, like, he was kind of alluding to this um, point where, I'm old, I should be in this spot. Mm -hmm. And it kind of came to when he was talking to his student who gave him like the plug to play with Dorothea. Like it seemed as though he was kind of jealous of his friend, um, of his student because his student was younger and he was like fulfilling his dreams. Um, And Mm -hmm. I wanted to to go along with that fear that you have and not to like add to more fears, but um, I feel as though this is one of mine as well. It's feeling as though... Um, I'm racing against a clock. And I think social media does a very perfect job at perpetuating this idea too. Um, because when I was younger, there was like this meme going on, going on. And it was like, by 13, you know, by 20, you have to have a house. By 30, you have to have kids. Yeah. By 40, you have to have a retirement plan. And I'm 23, going on 24. And me had none of that. Me had none of that. Yeah. Me had no money. You know, I don't have, I don't have the things that I thought I would have at this age but it's so crazy how we in our head when we're younger we already made a timeline for our purpose and now that we're like living in that timeline it's like oh my gosh i have no time left yeah yeah, i'm already late like it's already too late and like it it becomes a thing where you're almost like asking for borrowed time and you're only 22 or 23 and it's like (laughs) But then the people who are like 30s, 40s, they're like, girl, you just starting like, blah, blah, blah. but I'm sure like when they're in that position, like they're feeling the same exact way, you know, like the, the other day, my parents were talking to me and my birthday was in January and they were like, oh yeah, your dad, like he got married in 21, you know, my parents are super young, but at, at that time I was like the no- more normal age. Yeah. And I just turned 21 and they're like, hey, your dad got married at 21. And like, it wasn't a, it wasn't in a, in a way to like judge me or like cast judgment. Cause they don't, they know I'm not ready for anything like that. Mm-hmm. But just to hear that comparison was like, wow. Like I know because they hit those milestones, like when they see me doing that, they're like watching me and like making those comparisons, you know? And like, I can't help but project that onto myself at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. knowing like what my parents accomplished at a certain time with less, you know Mm -hmm. and and how and like and how that puts pressure on me (laughs) you know oh yes oh yes because even my dad to my dad he grew up in a very um I don't want to say rough because I really don't like that word but Mm -hmm. he grew up in an area in Trinidad that he did not have access to education or easy access to education so he worked his behind off like Mm -hmm. he went to school he got his um, bachelor's he got his master's this is while I think my I maybe I'm not too sure I don't think my grandmother was working I think my grandfather was the only one I was working at that time so you know didn't have money and he's out here being a whole engineer and then I think about myself and I can't even wake up and brush my teeth sometimes. And I'm just like, yes. like we are not in the same rate. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't even fathom. Or I should say when I do compare myself to my dad, it's like, I can't even finish the comparison because I feel as though mm-hmm. they were a different kind of beast 
back in the days yeah. when now I feel because we are so and not to say that the generation before was not aware I feel we have like mm-hmm. an extra layer of awareness to our generation where yeah. we think about things critically or we think about things in its totality so when we talk about like mental health or we talk about like conversations that interest us we think about it and then we try to walk the walk too you know like we Mm. talk about mental health we go to therapy we acknowledge our emotions we feel sad you know and I feel as though our parents didn't have the time or the space to feel those things yeah or the luxury so I think for them it was more like let's just get this let's just get this popping let's go you know but as for us we are actually like being holistically ourselves or holistically healing i guess on the journey mm-hmm. to purpose um that's what i try to that's what i try to tell myself when i compare myself to my dad but does it work i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but yeah so on that note something also came up when i watched the movie um i think Maybe this was the talk with his mom, which probably was the most like tearjerker for me because I was like, mm, very close to home, you know. And I don't think she talked about this, but basically she said that like dreams don't pay the bills, you know. Mm. And like you can you can want to be uh, the best, and I can believe you can be the best, but as I gonna pay the bills at the end of the day. And it brought up this question for me of like, I don't think it's like a blanket conversation, but do we put too much on our dreams? You know, like are our dreams always <laughs> meant to fulfill our lives fully financially, fully spiritually, fully mentally? Mm-hmm. Like do, do, I mean, maybe we could talk about it from a generational standpoint. Like, do we put too much on our dreams? Like put too much hope, well, not hope, but we rely too heavy for our dreams to sustain us fully. Mm-hmm. Or do, do are our dreams just meant to, you know, like that spark in us, you know what I mean? Mm, that's a very good question um so the way that I started to think about this um I don't know if this is going to answer your question but mm-hmm. I just ask that people who are listening have patience because you know what what as we're asking each other questions like we're coming up with these things on the spot yes yeah, so so yeah, so like you're legit in our thoughts as we speak um yeah just you know just a little patience so I think for me how I'm thinking about this is okay so I have to give you a backstory so I watched this movie with my friend and we had a little conversation at the end of the movie and the conversation that we had we were talking about hobbies versus um like jobs that we have to do and this um kind of same concept came up came up um and one of my friends was saying that should we rely or should we try to make a career out of the hobbies that we have kind of like should we make our dreams Mm -hmm. from that intangible to tangible and in my head I was like of course we should like of course we should try to make the things that we love into our career so that way we don't have to work a day in our life that's that's Mm -hmm. the thing that people sold us when we're younger you know find that spark or find that thing that dream that thing that's gonna help you move forward and you're never gonna work a day in your life that's the story that we told the narrative that we grew up on 
Um, but as you were dissecting that concept a little more, I realized it was kind of um, kind of problematic. Um, so one of my friends, she brought up this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She brought up this rebuttal point and she said how your dreams or your hobbies or your spark should be separate from the thing that gives you your income because essentially how she was looking at it was escapism. So those things mm. are meant for you to go to when you have like a bad day at work. So you go to work, somebody might have, you know, pissed you off. You go to drawing and you draw um, or you make a podcast or, you know, you watch a movie, you do the, you do your hobby to escape from real life. And as I was thinking about that, I was like, okay, I can, I can, I can see that point too, but I just couldn't let go of this narrative of your dreams, your sparks, whatever it is, that should be the thing that you chase because I do believe that you should not feel as though you're working, that work should not feel like work, that you should Mm -hmm. be able to do what you want to do in this life and not get caught up with capitalism or I don't know why I did that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, not get caught up in the cycle of chasing money. You know, that's that's like, Mm -hmm. um, is it is it Weber? or is it Karl Marx? I think it's Weber. Um, that's basically the, the what's the word? Wow. Um, spirit of capitalism. That's basically mm-hmm. what he said it was. We work every single day to get a profit and we do things or we, rational, we rationalize things yeah. that help us reach that financial goal. And I don't want to be stuck in that spirit of capitalism where I continuously chase, 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 chase. I want to be able to stop in Smolly Roses. I want to be able to make what I'm doing right now into something that I can do later on because I realize the happiness that this brings me. Um, mm. And I, I want to feel like as though I'm not working. So yeah. I guess for me, I would like to sum it up. I would say... Um, I would put a lot of weight on my dreams because I know my dreams are tied to me feeling the most happiest, the most content, uh, and the most authentic. Because when I do these podcasts, so I post my videos, I feel as though I'm living out my most authentic life. Um, I'm talking. And this is not something that's like common to me. I legit had to go to school. Like my professors are the one who taught me how to talk. And after it sounds kind of weird, but like after them teaching me that, it's like, I don't want to stop doing this. I want to continue having these conversations. I want to like smile when I press like record, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to feel those things that my dreams have. So I definitely mm-hmm. say for me, I would put a lot of weight on my dreams, but I can see where it can get problematic. Um, but I think it's honestly up to the individual too. Like, do you need that thing to escape from everyday life? Or do you want to pursue your dreams heavily? You know, so I really think that's like a individual thing. But how about you? Um, definitely the same boat. I feel like it's an individual discussion. You have to have it yourself. Um, and there are certain elements of my like skill set or like what I want to do that like my hobbies that I want to see be something more than just a little thing on the side, you know? <laughs> And that's fine because I think that's, I think our, our interests like hopefully align with our work life and what we want to create income from. Like, I think that's like fair. 
Mm. Um, but I think something that I struggle with maybe, mm, not really, I mean, anymore, but I used to struggle with like only wanting to do like one thing and that one thing has to be my everything, you know? Mm. And I think it's, it's okay to put your weight on a dream, but like, or like w- maybe a hobby you started off with, but like you should have more than one if, if possible, you know, like, cause like for the artist who's like creating commissions, like that could be their income and that's fine. And like, you can even find escape in that too, in your work, you have that kind of high frequency of thinking, but even still like, do you play video games on the side? Is that your thing? Do you do other something else? Like just be, making sure we have several uh, options when it comes to like having that escape. I like that a lot. Like our our hobbies or what, what brings us into like maybe the zone um, that mm. they talk about in the movie mm-hmm. is like, you know, maybe that should be, it should be sacred, you know? And mm-hmm. like, I personally might have an issue with like considering something that I'm making money from like sacred, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause that kind of like, just not to get like metaphysical, but it's like with the, I don't know, like is, can something be sacred if it's adding to capitalism or to that structure? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, so what am I doing? What can I hold? What can I practice? That's like not adding to this, like very destructive, um, <laughs> terrible system that yeah. we all forced to live through, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, for me, something, having something that's sacred would be really helpful for me. Do I have that right now? not really, but um, we're working on it, like creating more of those like boundaries, like mm-hmm. just, like in the moment I'm processing this, like mm-hmm. what's something that I can do? For example, I have really been getting into meditation lately and um, just like listening to our meditation tracks and like doing yoga uh-huh. or att- attempting. I, I said doing yoga as if I, <laughs> <laughs> as if it's consistent. I have the thought and it's, it's happening every other sometimes. Uh-huh. and so as I do that it's like wow that's something that's not adding to my paycheck or like I'm not trying to be an instructor in no time soon you know and so like it it honestly it feels sucky to do because I'm like this serves no purpose like I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm like I wake up and I'm sore <laughs> and I'm like this is good for me but I'm like can I have a practice or something that's not tied to like we said earlier this like in advancement or like when I have that moment of like I'm around at my purpose like giving them a list of how I got there. Like maybe yoga won't be on the list, but doesn't mean yoga is not important, you know, or like mm-hmm. it was something that I like, it was worth doing, you know? So like, what's something that I can do that's not tied to the come up, you know, mm-hmm. that's like just meant for me. Like I need something, do a better job at making some things more sacred, you know? I love how you use the word sacred in this instance, because I didn't mm-hmm. even think about that. Cause when I think about, um, me, I, I love to think about words and how like they play into conversations. So there's mm-hmm. two things that you said just now, sacred, and then you said, this doesn't fit my purpose. So for the first one, like when I think about something that's sacred, I think about like, it's locked in a box and mm-hmm. nobody can touch this but me. Like this is mine and mine alone. So when I step into that room, it's supposed to give me that feeling of contentment, of pure joy, of just like, pure happiness and yeah that's that like that's what I think about when I think about sacred and to think um or to go further with what you said I I I think I agree too like I I don't think I would want something outside affecting what I think is sacred but at the same time maybe some other people can relate to me I feel as though 
for me personally, and hopefully somebody else can relate, mm-hmm. um, the thing that is my dream, which I also think is sacred, mm. I would want that to be the thing that brings income. Mm-hmm. But I also feel guilty mm. for that being the thing that will bring my income. Because as you said, like, as I said, like, it's supposed to be something that nobody touches. And once you put something out, you create something and you put something out for other people. Now they start to touch it. They have influence yeah. over it. They change how you think about it. Um, so to bring that like example more concrete, when I started this podcast, it was honestly because, you know, going through my own um, experiences with mental health and realizing that nobody in Trinidad was talking about it, at least in my generation, nobody was talking about it. Um, and I love to say this story all the time. So I went to Gasparilla Music Festival. I was a photographer, an intern. I was taking pictures for the festival. And this guy, as I was like standing up, taking like looking at my pictures, he comes up to me and he was like, you know, people don't talk about mental health like that in the black community. And I said, baby boy, where you come from? Like, I was just here minding my own business, probably talking to myself. And then you just came and you were like, yeah, nobody talks about mental health in the Black community. And I like, in my head, I was like, how did he know I was thinking about this? So we're having a conversation with everyone. He was like, yeah, I really think somebody needs to start talking about it. Alex, when I tell you, I looked down to my camera to like fix something and I looked up and he was gone. So in my head, like, I think he's an angel, you know, because yeah. I've had like, I've had like experiences like that, like mm-hmm. angelic um, experiences. So I really think he was an angel. And ever since that day, that's where I was like, okay, let's let's start talking about mental health. Let's start showing people who are my age, older, younger, whatever the case is, um, who are close to me, who may not be close to me, that it is okay to talk about mental health. But now that I made this podcast, I changed my Instagram. I feel a weight on my shoulder. Um, and this is like a way that I've created for myself to perfect this thing that once brought me so much joy to produce mm. it to people. Because if, if, if I produce something, okay, so how I think about what I produce, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a work in progress. So I'm learning in public. I'm failing in public. You know, when I when I can't edit properly, I'm feeling in public. And I fear that this thing that I'm producing, other people are gonna start thinking, oh my gosh, why why does it sound like that? Why is she doing like that? You know, but to me, this is just me being happy and doing what I want to do. You know, I may mess up on certain things, but I think that's all part of the beauty of what this dream is to me, with yeah. all its flaws and its perfections. So I would want to keep this in the box myself, mm. but I know that other people are going to benefit from it. Um, but it's also very scary because they can benefit, but they can also influence. And I don't want people to influence this to the point where I'm not going to pursue it anymore. Um, yeah, so this is like this is just like how I think about it. And the second thing that you said, where um, dang, what was it? Um, does it fit my purpose? Does it fit your purpose? Yes. So isn't it crazy how when we talk about purpose, we think about it in terms of career, money, um, success. We tie it with all this um, economic concepts, I guess. Um, 
but everything in life has a purpose and wow. everything in life fits that purpose so i'm sitting on a chair the chair supports me so i don't fall on the ground that's his purpose and it's living out that purpose you know um the grill that's outside it helps me make my food it's living out mm. a purpose so i wonder how or i should say when things no longer fit its purpose mm. is it still identified as that thing like i don't know if it's like too metaphysical but like think about it like if that grill no longer was able to grow would we say it's a grill because it's no longer fitting its purpose it's not it's not turning on you know so is it is it a grill because it's not living wow. out its purpose we're getting there I, okay <laughs> before we touch that because that's like fascinating to me i want to touch back on the sacred thing okay. i definitely agree with you i was when i when i when we were talking about this i've been thinking about like uh some some reason an accountant is the person that comes to my mind mm-hmm. like as like an, an average person you know and so accounting can be like your gig you know when you go home you have your things you do but I think I, I was neglecting the fact that like what we do is is sacred, you know, like maybe I don't, I don't want to call it like healing work or like um, the mental health field, spirituality, all this stuff is like, I would hope my spirituality is sacred to be, you know, like it's something that's sacred yet I am like using it to, you know, like share ideas and people into that, which in some way, once I start using services online, like I'm feeding into the system, you know, like it's, it's, it's no way to separate that. And so yeah. I think, my more i guess in our realm or being a creative maybe that's just what it is like this creative realm where your creativity is also should i'm not saying it should be sacred but if your creativity is sacred to you like how do you make that balance between like sharing that with the world and sharing that with the systems of the world while Mm -hmm. keeping that sacred to yourself and i think i don't know the answer to that but um me and my counsel talk a lot about like interpersonal boundaries because that's just a thing that i deal with a lot i guess but um, not necessarily like if we're, if we're like in a relationship, like me telling you X, Y, and Z, it's like, what am I keeping holding to myself mm. that's making this relationship more, more balanced? You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you everything that I'm doing to like, like everything that I need to do to make this relationship great doesn't have to involve a conversation with you. Mm. A lot of it can be a talk with myself, you know, and a big example is my parents, for example, like I don't have to tell my parents, um, holding back from saying X, Y, and Z to keep our relationship strong. But I'm going to do that. Like, I don't have to tell you, hey, by the way, I'm going to stop talking about this or I'm not going to ask about this because I don't remember, that's not going to be healthy for us. You know, it's going to, because it's like, why are you saying that? You know, like there are certain things that you need to do to keep relationships strong that mm-hmm. don't involve a conversation. So in the same way, I think when there is some, some things that need to happen, if you're, what you're doing to bring in some, you know, income or some kind of, sustenance like what are those interpersonal boundaries that you're holding to keep your thing sacred but also being able to share that with the world and I, I don't think it's going to be like all right I made this list of five rules and I live by it all my life like it's going to change over time you know like mm-hmm. it's not going to be like oh like I decided this today so for the rest of my life I'll be good you know it's always going to be sacred to me like no like some moments it, it'll, it'll be like a renegotiation you know mm-hmm. So I just want to, I don't want to respond to that. I, I just love, to... Alex, I love that point. 
you don't know how much that like hit me just now. I just want to go back to that because I, as you're talking, I was like, yeah, that's me too. Like I, what I, what I do is sacred to me, you know, and what I, what I would like to be compensated for is sacred to me. So how do I make that balance? You know, mm-hmm. now this question you asked about this purpose, I, so just to, just to bring it back, you were talking about everything around us having a purpose, this laptop, yeah. this mic, the grill outside. Mm-hmm. And if if things can no longer serve their purpose, is it still that thing? Is mm-hmm. the question? Yes. Um, okay, I would say yes. And like, I'll give a bad example. So like, let's say, oh, I don't want to use anybody that I love. Um, a person serves a purpose, right? Let's say it was a lumberjack, because I don't know any lumberjacks right now. So there's a lumberjack, his purpose is to be a lumberjack, you know, and do it well, whatever. And one day he dies. Mm -hmm. Like, I would still call him a lumberjack, even though he's in the grave, you know, Mm -hmm. he he, he was a lumberjack, you know? And so like, when it comes to objects, I don't know, I think it, it might be it might not be a grill that's working or that's serving its purpose, but it's, it's a grill, it's still a grill, you know? Like, and like, I think it's dangerous because at least for people, because I don't think we have as a society, a, a, if, if we were to fully absorb our identity into our purpose, we don't do a good job of giving ourselves a break in that, mm-hmm. you know? Like our purpose is such a toxic topic for so many people that I fear that like, that that can't be true that like if our purpose goes away or we or we perceive that our purpose is no longer being served that we don't exist because like we don't do a good job of managing the purpose you know what i mean like while we live so like i i don't know it's it's hard because like why are we here you know like cause i understand why that's a question because it's like okay like if we're not serving a purpose then who are we you know mm-hmm. but it goes back to like i think what i said earlier where it's like trying to tie my purpose back to something of like a core essence instead of some action or some specific timeline because like I could be in a different position tomorrow and like if I'm still waking up and say well my name is Alex and I'm you know I'm, I'm just gonna try like that's me doing my purpose you know mm-hmm. it could be the smallest thing like you said like um, earlier but like the small stuff like I took a shower today I took care of myself I served my purpose you know like I, and so I don't know. It's a very hard question. <laughs> what do you think? Um. So, huh, how do I want to start this? I'll start it off with the example from the movie. So mm-hmm. Joe kind of represents this idea of us not being able to fill out our purpose. And then he had like I don't know if anybody realized, but to me, I really think he had um. Uh, identity crisis that's what I think he had so when he passed away and he was like watching his body he went back to his body 22 is in his body like he's trying so hard to get back to that moment that that what he thinks his purpose is um to play with Dr. Yo Williams and I wow isn't that crazy how my mind just like forgot what I was saying just now that is so crazy <laughs> um <laughs> this is crazy um okay yeah so I think he had identity crisis and I think he kind of portrays how we think about it um so let's say somebody wants to be 
a world-class skydiver mm-hmm. but they one day something happens there's an accident that happens and they're paralyzed and they can no longer be that world-class skydiver can they not think about themselves as the diver that they were before that accident mm-hmm. or do they now have to reconceptualize who they are entirely because i think we place so much on our purpose and what our purpose means to our identity as you said just now that i think they too bleed into each other or they you know they mesh into each other um and i've been hearing or i've seen people say oh i'm this so they live their life as that thing you know they don't give themselves the freedom to explore any anything else outside of that identity um and i think that's too is one of my biggest fears is thinking that being a social worker is what's going to be defined defining for me and i will have to live out or continuously choose things that represent me being a social worker when in reality we are such multifaceted beings how could we think that we can only pick one thing you know how how dare we honestly how dare we think that we can only be this one thing when there's so many other things that fascinate us on a given day you know just the other day i really i really i enjoy makeup i enjoy art um i love to watch anime like i love to have conversations about shows but that's outside of me being a social worker I can tie it into me being a social worker, yeah. but it's something outside that also represents my identity. Um, so I would say I'm trying not to let that thing be the it thing for me, where I think that if I can no longer be a social worker, like my dreams are just going to crash. Because think about it, there's so many things that can stop me from being a social worker or yes. like a social worker. I could not get into school, God forbid, mm-hmm. knock on wood. I can I cannot get into school. I could not pass the licensure exams to be a licensed social worker. What if those things happen? Am I now going to be on the ground crying because I'm not fulfilling that purpose? Or am I going to pick myself up and pick something else that I was like cultivating the background to now to, to now pursue or to change my purpose and i think that's another thing too i don't think we give ourselves the freedom to change our purpose yeah. i think we think that when we are born we pick one purpose and we have to live that purpose until we die mm-hmm. and that's not the case i think we have to give ourselves the freedom the luxury we have yeah the freedom the luxury to just tell ourselves that everything that is around me i can choose and i can do whatever i want i don't i don't have to be a doctor i don't have to be these things i can pick you know but i really think that also comes from the narrative that we are fed when we're younger where we think about it when we're younger every adult so what do you want to be when you grow up mm-hmm. have you figured out as yet is that that one thing you want to be and what i've realized too because i have two nieces one who's five and one who's eight and i will ask them what do you want to be and they will give me a list they be like i want to be a, i want to be a fairy i want to be a doctor i want to be an engineer i want to be 
I want to be everything. So I was talking to my niece the other day, asked her the same question again. She said, I want to work in a kitchen and I want to be a doctor. I said, well, sis, let's go. I will get <laughs> you a doctor set and I'll get you a kitchen set and you can do both. Mm-hmm. Like kids have, they don't have a limit to what they want to be. They want to be at all. And then my other niece, she was like, oh, I want to be, a, um, what did she say? She wants to be a doctor. Um, I see she loves history, so I can see her being a historian. Um, mm. She said she wants to be a policewoman. And I'm just like, who am I to tell her she can't do those things, you know? And I think when we grow older, whether that's socialization from friends, family, us choosing it for ourselves, we start to limit ourselves and our dreams. And we start to tell ourselves, I have to only choose one thing. I can only put my energy towards one thing. But what if you don't? What if you dare yourself to pick more? and to cultivate more. And two, what I think this comes from is not, I mean, is not, is us not being able to hold spaces for ourselves or to think that we are able to be in certain spaces, imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that too is another thing that stops us from thinking that we can pick is because we think that we're, not, we're underqualified for those things, you know, that we don't have what it takes to be in that field or this person um and it's and it's honestly crazy to me how how we limit ourselves in our dreams um and we only think that we have to chase like we, like that rabbit on a treadmill like we're chasing that one thing but what if that rabbit wants to hop off and go to the other treadmill mm. you know mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that was yeah. great <laughs> i i have two things hopefully i don't forget the second thing before i say it but the first thing <laughs> is you perfectly touched on what happened in the movie when the barber was talking to Joe. I mean, yes, about 22. I was talking 22 in Joe's body mm-hmm. um, about how he wanted to be a veterinarian and he had every plan to be a veterinarian, but I can't remember if his, either his daughter got sick or his daughter was born, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Daughter came up in some way. And so he had to change his plans he maybe was in the Navy or something. And so, like, he became a barber. And, like, Joe was kind of gassed because Joe was like, oh, like, I thought you, you're so good at being a barber. Like, how mm-hmm. could this have not been your purpose? And he's like, no, like, I mean, he didn't say this, but what I took away from this was, like, he said his purpose was, like, saving lives or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, how, like, he's doing that either way. So, like, we can have these exoskeletons of what, our life's supposed to look that one thing, you know, but there, there's something deeper there mm. that, you, that we have to find as people that is going to apply to every other part of our life. And in the same mm. way that if it doesn't work out, it'll come up in another way, you know? Like mine wasn't as extreme, but when I was very, very young, I wanted to be a doctor. My parents told me I was going to be a doctor, actually. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, they found it for me. I'm good. Yeah, like, I, th- I thought I was blessed and highly favored <laughs> when they told me I was going to be a doctor. I said, wow, people got people to gotta be stressed about this. People be people be 30 and 40, don't know what they got to do. My parents didn't tell me what I got to be. I'm like, I'm sad. I thought I thought I was blessed. That's what they told me. Thank God, thank God. They thank God they saw that in me and told me who I already was. I'm like, oh, I'm sad. Ooh. Little Come- did I know the trauma that would ensue. Mm. Because after a while, I was like, okay, like, yes, I might have the potential to be this, but is that's not where I really see myself flourishing, mm. you know? And I was constantly battling with the idea of like. I can do this, but do I want to? Mm. Um, and how important is it that I don't want to do it? You know, mm-hmm. if, if, if I can do it, 
I was so always like conflicted with that. And the part about being a doctor that I cling to that would keep me from like fully like, <laughs> like leaving it was the fact that I'll be helping people. And I was like, well, I'm, yeah, I'm smart and I want to help people. So I'll, I'll just keep doing this, you know, I'll keep working towards it. And so it wasn't until probably around senior year that I finally started to put my foot down and I was like, I'm gonna do something different. I still want to help people. I just didn't realize that it wouldn't look like this, you know, but a lot, I got a lot of flack for it because it's like, if you want to help people, Alex, and be the most successful, why wouldn't you be a doctor? You know, you can help people and be a secretary and, and not to bash secretaries, but you could, you could have a front desk job and help people, but why not help people that make money, you know? And I'm like, well, you guys aren't incorrect, but something doesn't feel right. You know, me and my like 15 year old brain cannot handle all that, that like those thoughts. I did, so I really wrestled with the fact that like, am I denying myself my full purpose? For some reason I have this like full purpose. I realized, okay, is it, this is like, I don't think this is true now, but is it where like, if I go out in life, like I can hit a certain level of purpose or like a certain frequency of purpose where it's like, okay, four out of five stars or like, which is maybe like if I was a nurse, you know, like, oh, you, can't, you almost made it, but you didn't really make it. But, and so like, I was in this trap of like, if I want to pursue my life, I have to get to that five out of five purpose. Like I have to get to the best, you know? And I had to realize that that was just a perception that was placed on me, you know, like really being that doctor could have been the three out of five because it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing, you know, when the, I was in the right environment, you know, and I could be helping people, you know, give them their vaccines. I don't know, but like, and that would have been fine, but how much more am I going to get on my life knowing that I now want to do like therapy and I want to do mental health counseling and do something that's like, yes, I'm helping people, but I'm also in a, in a field that I feel passionate to learn about and do anything more out of my essence. If I'm doing something I'm passionate about in that helping, you know, Mm. so that's that's the first that was the first thing second thing I, I feel like this might be uh, it's not really crazy but I feel like parts of our purpose can also be what we choose not to do Ooh. so there's a couple ways you can take this one way is like repeating generational you know traumas or repeating you know these like triggers we have like a, a part of your purpose can be not doing the same things that people you've seen, you know, do what they do, like being, I don't know, like not being this or not being toxic or not being um, anxious, you know, or like, and just things that we choose not to do. And like, even let's say you had a fight with somebody and you really could go and like, let them have it, bring the girls down and, and have a fight, you know, but you can choose not to do that. And that could be part of your purpose. Like, being a peacemaker because you chose not to pick that fight you are in your purpose did you do anything no but I think even in the absence of this action which is why again I want to move away from this idea that purpose has to be action or it has to be mm. like a moment it has to be something in the material world purpose can also be what we choose not to do you know and like what we stay away from um or will we, will, will we let go you know like purpose doesn't have to always be something that we grab or that we attach ourselves to you know because then you fall into the fact of 
what if I don't do that? What if I miss it? What if I miss the mark? I didn't grab it hard enough. I didn't, you know, like, so mm-hmm. purpose has to be something that's a little more like higher than that, you know? Wow. Okay. Wow. You gave me so much just now. Wow. 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 Okay. Alex. Um, so the first thing that you said to so the first point, um, where you said your parents told you who you <laughs> who you wanted to be and you were like making you making a little joke mm-hmm. um I wonder to myself how many of us have had that experience whether that's parents friends teachers they see something in us and they're like you gotta maximize on that you gotta do that thing that is your thing like do that mm-hmm. and let's 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 take that out of the conversation of purpose and I want to take it to like you writing a paper like mm-hmm. you had a spark to write about this one topic so you are researching you're doing all the things you know you're getting your method your method section together you're getting the introduction you're getting all these things together but then you realize that your independence and dependent variable, this is the only way I can explain this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I went to academia, but yeah, yeah independence and dependent variable, they, they ain't matching up. They ain't helping you out. So now you have to change one or the other, or mm-hmm. you have to change a certain part of your paper. So, you know, get to where you want to get. Um, but how many of us are holding on to that blueprint mm-hmm. of what our teachers told us we have to do, you know? Um, or how many of us are holding on to that blueprint of what our parents told us we have to do? We see that those two things are not matching up. We know that the independent variable is not helping out the dependent variable. Was it the other way around? Whatever. Go with it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, we know that the independence is not helping the dependent, but yet still we're there trying to force it. Like that puzzle. Mm. Let's take it to the next example. We're doing a puzzle as a kid or even right now, who knows? And one of the pieces look as though it can be the perfect piece. You put it in and it's just like, wait a minute. You're not fitting. And then you try to like force it in by tapping it down and you continuously tap yeah. the tongue. But no matter how much times or how many times you tap that puzzle piece down, it's not going to change for you, baby girl or baby boy. It's not going to change. So I wonder how many of us are holding on to that thing that seems perfect or to that thing that's most convenient to us and we're forcing this thing to happen. Um, and mm. I think about that with myself too, because my mom she never forced me to be anything which if you're listening to this mom i love you for that um my parents even my dad too love you for that they have never forced me to be to be anything honestly like they never said hannifer let me check your report card they never said hannifer let's do let's you know let me go and talk to your teacher to see how you're doing they legit gave me the space that i needed to find myself in school Wow. I mean, other places too, but school is like the most prominent one I can think of. Mm-hmm. They legit, they never, they never ever forced me to do anything. And I wonder if my parents had said, Hannafer, you have to go to school to be a doctor. And then I get to school, I choose pre-med, but pre-med is not for me. But people around me are telling me, you have that thing, you have, you have that steady hand, you have that analytical mind, like you should be a doctor, come on, what are you talking about? 
And I'm trying to force that thing that they've been telling me that I have into that space. But because now I don't have the experience, I'm not being authentic. I'm not living in my truth. I'm not doing things that are for me because I'm too busy studying about what other people are telling me. Now I'm trying to force that puzzle piece into someone that was never supposed to be. And now I'm going to be living a life of identity crisis. I'm going to be living a life of sadness, of regret maybe, definitely, because I'm not listening to that inner voice that's within inside of me. But then again, it is very hard to divorce ourselves from mm. the outside world and its voices. You know, it's very hard to, there's this book that I was reading too. Um, I think it's the fourth commandment. Um, and he talks about this or the fifth commandments. I can't remember. He talks about this too. He says that we need to divorce ourselves from the society story. I can't remember the term that he used, but basically we have to divorce ourselves from the story that society is telling us and start listening to our own story. And I wonder mm-hmm. if I am, I think I am, I think I'm listening to my own story, but people like, are you, are you listening to the story that you have for yourself? Or are you listening to the story that other people told you, you know? And I don't want to bring shame around that because sometimes you have to follow what people are telling you. That's the, that's honestly, sometimes that's the only um, route that you have, you know? But other people might have the luxury to explore more. And one is not greater than the other. One is not more um, meaningful than, than the other. But if you do have a chance to explore who you are in totality, I would say do it. Um, But yeah, like how many of us are just limiting ourselves based on a story that was told from society or our parents and we aren't listening to ourselves. And then the second thing that you said was purpose can be in non-action. And I love that so much you don't understand how much I love what you said just now because for me right now especially in COVID (laughs) there's a lot of non-action that has been taking place Alex wow I didn't think about that (laughs) there's so much non-action that has been taking place Mm. I I feel personally like my life legit stopped last year March Mm. like let me tell you how events like unraveled so we, I went to school, um, this is like the week before spring break. So everybody in their mind is thinking, okay, we're coming back to school. Like, I'm going to see you. Spring break is only a week. Alex, tell me why. Two days into spring break, our school email us. Don't come back to school. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So now I'm thinking, okay, online classes. Let's see how this goes. Then Trinidad, um, our government in Trinidad set out an uh, announcement. Our borders are closing you have one day to reach in Trinidad. I said, okay, all right. So I had to find my way to Trinidad. Um, then our borders closed completely. Nobody can go in, nobody can go out. I had to find myself back in the States to keep my job. Um, and ever since all that going back and forth, trying to figure out life in COVID, trying to have grace for myself, the thing that has bring, been bringing me most grace is legit not doing anything. You know, but I still have deadlines that I need to meet because of school or because I still have in my mind that purpose is this thing that I have to grab, you know, that I have to, I have to continuously work. And I think this is, um, I might get a lot of hate for this. Who knows? I don't know. But (laughs) my podcast anyway, so it's okay. I think, um, I think that's like the toxic behavior 
or the toxic um, mentality that is around success um, mm. that is being perpetuated by um, certain influencers um, where they say, you only supposed to sleep two hours. You gotta work. When you're sleeping, I'm working. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. And I'm just like, working, in working in yes. your sleep. Like, yes. you're gonna be percolating the next ideas. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm just like, baby, boy, let me sleep for my eight hours. Mm-hmm. Let me do nothing. And it's crazy because at one point in my life, that is what I thought. I thought that whilst everybody was sleeping, I need to be grinding. You know, I need to be mm-hmm. in that workshop sweating. But literally, my purpose can come about by just being still. And I think we don't think um, that stillness has power, but it does. Mm-hmm. Look at a lake, right? A lake with no ducks is a perfect day. There's no wind. Just close your eyes, envision it. There's no wind. The lake is just there. It's still. Then somebody comes along and they throw a pebble. Do you know how easy it is to see the ricochet or the um ripples of a pebble when it's still as opposed to the river being like yeah let's shake the room you're not going to see the effect that pebble has so when we are still and i'm taking this back just bear with me when you Mm -hmm. are still and something outside comes and influences you it's easier to see that influence because you've been Mm -hmm. still you've been allowing the things that has been outside to influence you creatively maybe um you know you're able to see what has happened but if i'm here busy moving i'm a busy body i'm not going to be able to see the influence that life has around me and i think joe um he he depicts this very perfectly too when he was in the cat's body and 22 was in his body and he was like he was having an auto body experience basically because 22 was in his body, he was in the cast body. So he's watching 22 maneuver in his body. And when at the end of the scene, when Joe like is by himself, he had like his moment, his purpose. He lived in his purpose. He went back home and he was still. He was forced to be still because he was now questioning what his purpose meant for him. And within that stillness, he was able to realize that what he's been chasing all this time was never for him. He was able to realize the influence 22 had on his life you know 22 showed him that the moments that are worth praising is us going to get food with a friend is us listening to that guy in the subway playing it's us you know eating an apple enjoying nature it's like those tiny moments and he was only able to realize those moments when he was still when he was busy, he was like, 22, come on, we gotta go and see Dorothea Williams. He wasn't able to see the sunlight. He wasn't able to enjoy the leaves that were falling on the floor, you know? So I think we have to understand that in stillness too, has a lot of productivity. But yeah. because of the toxic culture that we live in, we associate productivity to action. And if we don't have action, well, you're not being productive and you're not, um, you're not reaching your goal. And I felt so much guilt around not doing anything to the point where it's, I think to me, it's been like, it's been numbing me in a way because I don't know how to feel, I guess, because I'm not giving myself enough grace. Because every time I think about me not doing anything, the first thing that comes to mind is, come on, Hannah, you have to do something. Come on, come on, come on, let's go. Pick it up, pick up that book, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, but it's, it's just really crazy to me how 
in the society that we live in, we push this idea of action, action, action. Yes. <laughs> that is so, so, so good. Um, I don't even think about, you know, the COVID world we're living in, you know, like the I'm trying thing. to dissociate <laughs> for several, <laughs> couple hours a day. I just a couple hours forget. a day, yeah. 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 But it's crazy because I think, yeah, a lot of, not to get political, but a lot of our purposes right now is to stay inside, you know, and to like be mindful of like how this virus is licking all of us, you know, like, <laughs> and our purpose can be in this like inaction or this like not, you know, living life to what you think is the fullest right now, you know. Um, I had something to say and it just left me. Dang, it really be like that though. I know. So it was about purpose. Um, Oh, I don't know why this came up when you were talking, but I was thinking, you know, this whole conversation we've been having, like, we were in this constant journey of, like, evolving as people and evolving our ideas of purpose and passion and all and our sparks, all these different things. And, like, I don't know why this came up, but, like, I feel like sometimes, like, we don't know that we're in our purpose, you know, all the time, like, we can go through, Joe, he's, he's went through his whole life, didn't realize he was already living his purpose, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I wonder what that means. Going back to like this idea of like our identity and our purpose, like grills don't have like a, a brains, but like if a girl didn't know he was supposed to be a grill, like he could still be grilling, you know? But mm -hmm. like, so like, it's, it's crazy how like a purpose we assign to something or somebody is separate from like, them living out their purpose you know like mm -hmm. and like I wonder like for a lot of us like how some a lot of us think that we're not haven't met our purpose yet when we already have been living it you know mm -hmm. um and even we can have an idea of what our purpose is and then in 10 15 years like realize that it wasn't that doesn't mean that we relate in our purpose that we had already been doing it just that we realized what we were already doing you know and like for me this has been like back to this helping people thing like this doesn't start when I get my med degree it doesn't start when I graduate walk down the street I've been helping people all my life you know mm -hmm. I've been a resource for people all my life it's just that I we, we put this like material time post to that when I think I don't want to like generalize it, but I think like if we're talking about each of our purposes, they stop when we're born, you know, like we, we, we inspire our parents when we're born. We give them something to look forward to. That could be our purpose, you know, and like out the womb, I mean, crying like a baby, like we are, li we're living in our purpose. Like yeah. we are sparking joy in people, you know, <laughs> and put people to work. Your purpose is now to take care of me, mother. Like, you know, like we give people purpose, you know, <laughs> so like, it's just crazy to me how like we can go through our lives resting with purpose while also still fulfilling our purpose. Mm, you know, what you just said too, that honestly sparked me just now as well. Um, so I wrote this little equation down and I was like, label equals purpose. Have you realized, mm. especially in the movie as well, um, our purpose has to have a label. Like we have to be able mm. to it and i think joe it, yeah. yeah joe did this throughout the whole entire movie actually so um 22 after like i think it's a she i think 22 identifies a she um mm -hmm. 
uh, actually 22 might have been non-binary because 22 said I can be anybody I wanted to. So I'm going to say, yeah, that. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah the, just... 22, you know, they were like, um, they were, they didn't have a thing. That's what, yeah. 22, 22's whole purpose was that they didn't have a thing. Their whole existence or non-existence was them trying to find that thing. So mm-hmm. they're now on earth, 22 and Joe, Joe's trying to get back into his body and 22, there's a scene where um, it's after the barber cut scene and Joe was trying to go back to the music shop, I guess. And 22 was like, Joe, look, I'm sparking or I'm jazzing. I'm jazzing. Like mm-hmm. um, 22 was taking their fingers on the gate. Um, 22 went on the floor, was on the thingy, you know. 22 was like, mm-hmm. look, Joe, I'm jazzing. I'm doing it. And Joe was like, um, that's not a purpose. That's that's not what it is, you know, like kind of like saying, okay, that's not it, what it is. But I think what he was essentially doing or saying was that kind of be your purpose because that thing that you're doing is an everyday action. There's no label to put on that one thing, you yeah. know? And I think Joe, the reason why he held on so tightly to him being this musician is because that's the label. He had the label of musician. But 22 basically showed us that the things that don't have a label or the things that aren't um, being considered by people can be a part of our purpose. So us having, or uh, to bring it back to me. So I would Mm -hmm. see my purpose too, is to help people. That's, that has always been my thing. Like I was called helpful hand for in school. That was always my thing. I always love to help people. And what it is for me to understand is that when a friend calls and I answer, that thing may not have a label. Me answering that phone, talking to my friend that doesn't have a, have a label, but it's still me living in my purpose. You know, it's, it, yeah, I think we want things to have a label so badly so we know that we're reaching or we're hitting those benchmarks of our purpose so what I mean by that is you know we go to school school gives us the label of bs or ba depending on what degree that you choose mm-hmm. so have that label then you might go back to school again you get your master's another label you go to school again you get your phd another label so you're visibly able you're like you're able to see for yourself all these things at certain benchmarks in your life is helping you reach your purpose. But the every mundane things that don't have a label, we don't consider that to have our purpose. Um, I don't know where I was going with that point, but it's just, it's, just really, it's just really interesting to me how we let those things slide by and we don't give it the credit um, that it deserves. Yeah. I think part of that, especially with Joe in 22, is that, I think Joe maybe saw purpose as something that he needs to be proud of, you know, like mm-hmm. it has to be celebrated. And like 22 was celebrating and really, you know, kind of proud of like, hey, I found this or hey, like I'm doing that. And he's like, all right, like everybody does that, you know, but like don't no be proud of you, what you're expected to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, just like, you know, I think even like his mom expecting him to take, take this job and, and be happy with it. Like he wasn't satisfied until he was able to make, 
make people proud of his purpose or what he perceived his purpose to be, you know? And I feel like we, we get caught up in that. And I think that um, we can either like not be proud of anything ever again, or we can try to find that pride in what we may not consider as being able to be prideful in, you know, like mm. waking up, taking care of ourselves. A lot of the time, self-care is not something people want to take, be proud of, you know, like it's like, well, I hope you shower today. I hope you brush your teeth today. Like, no, simple. That is a accomplishment. You know, people deal with mental health issues. Like, simple. it is like something to be celebrated for. And like the way that we've structured society and like what we expect people to like meet, it's like, well, I hope you do that. I, you know, like you're less of a, some, of a somebody if you don't do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that we have a hard time of like judging people um, because we have obviously certain bars, you know? Mm. so I was just looking at this um the thing that you sent me on Instagram because I also want to explore this idea too of purpose evolving over time yes um I don't know if you have like a question for that but I definitely would love to do that like explore that um I don't know if you have a question but um we touched on it earlier. We did, we did. Um, a little bit. I think, yeah, I think the conversation we've talked about, like how our ideas of um, purpose and like living out our purpose have changed over time. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have any extra questions about it, honestly. I think we covered like a lot of different aspects of purpose. You know, I would, I would say so, because the thing that was like, um, that I really want to touch on with purpose and evolving or purpose over a change of time. No, I think we did talk about it. Psych. <laughs> like, we're, just, we're just that thorough. Okay. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> you, you. But um, there was something that you just said um, with yeah. celebrate and what joe was expected to do um this point might not like be might be a tangent who knows um but i wanted to say how important it is to celebrate ourselves um yeah. in those small milestones that we do have uh because i think for me right now i don't think i've been celebrating myself because I think I've been waiting for that moment, that one moment where it's like, now I can celebrate myself, you know? Mm. Um, but having this conversation, I've, I'm, you know, I'm realizing now that <laughs> everything that I do, I think is worthy of celebration. Um, celebration that in like the point, it's like, oh yeah, let me just go and buy something nice to eat. Because, you know, I love to do that. I love to be like, yes. nice to eat. Let's chill up there. <laughs> But um, more like telling myself, like, damn, sis, like, you did that shit, you know? Like, mm. you went out and you did what you needed to do today or over a course of a month or a year. Like, you did that. Um, but I think this also feeds back until we are talking about just now, um, before, where we think that progress or I don't even think we've touched on this I think when people think of progress they think of uh, accumulation over time 
So the only time we're allowed to celebrate is if we have enough accumulation of something underneath our belt before we can celebrate, or we've done something so much to the point where we can't celebrate. Um, so what I mean by that is, um, I don't know why exercise is coming to my mind, but let's say that you have like a certain amount of reps that you need to do in your gym session, and you are only going to celebrate when you finish all your reps, and you don't celebrate between those reps. And uh, I think what we do is we wait until we finish all those reps to celebrate where or we need to start doing, as opposed to that, we need to start doing is celebrating the breaks between the reps. Because then one, I think it also helps your mind too, to tell you like, you're doing it, like you're doing the thing that you need to do in order to get where you are. And it also gives yourself grace too, because you're seeing the small um, progress that is leading to the finale. And we need to, you know, we need to, we need to celebrate those small things. Um, yeah. Yeah, and give, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I need to start celebrating myself, especially this might be very morbid, but I was listening to Jenny Aiko last night and she was basically, um, oh, my favorite. <laughs> her song 10K. Before we came on here. Yeah. <laughs> but her song 10k featuring Nas that's kind of like what they talked about like she was saying how we think we have time to do all the things that we want to do but we don't have those we don't have the time that we think we have and we need to do the things that we want to do in this moment you know like we need to celebrate ourselves in this moment because we don't know what five minutes have we don't know what one minute has in store for us so how Mm -hmm. do you think that we have time to celebrate when we're reaching to our purpose you know um but that's a whole different like concept that we have to deconstruct is that idea that we will always have time but time is never Mm. promised us um no one will ever be promised us nobody has the ability to be like well tomorrow i'm going to go do x y and z because we don't we never know you know so why are we living our lives and telling ourselves when we reach this amount of money, then I'm going to celebrate. When I lose this amount of pounds, then I'm going to celebrate. Why are we waiting for that? What if that might never come? Mm. That is so true. I got some journaling to do, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I got to hit the journal soon. (laughs) Same, same, same. Do you have anything else you want to touch on? Um, honestly, I feel as though we did, we did that thing. We did the thing. We did the thing. <laughs> we did that thing. We did the thing. Ooh, I would have to say this one thing because I feel as though like I'm called to say yeah. it, um, with expectations. Um, mm. when you said Joe was expected to like do something I can't remember how you said it but I think and I said it in my other podcast with um Rebecca too where I really mm-hmm. think that we need to either manage or abolish this idea of expectations because expectations are gonna lead us into the grave quite literally mm. because and I can only use me because I have first person privilege to my life I think for me, I think people have a certain expectation of who 
Hannaford is, who Hannaford is going to be, who Hannaford will be. Um, and whilst I, the people pleaser that I am, <laughs> love to fulfill those things for people, I have to realize for myself that those are going to be unmet expectations that I will have to deal with and the guilt and shame that I will have to deal with not reaching that person's expectation and also the emotions that they will have for me not meeting their expectation. Mm. Um, And I think when we think about expectation, I really do not think we think about it within all facets of our lives um, and how it could affect honestly any and everything that we talk about, relationships, friendships, career all these things and i think i keep on saying i think but that's that's, i can that's what i can do um i feel as though (laughs) after um give ourselves or i should say not feed into that expectation of what others think you should do or most importantly what you think you should do um because for the longest time i thought i needed to be a lawyer to help people that was the expectation that I put mm. myself. But as you said, once you realize that your, your why to life is to help people, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what career you choose, what path you choose. Once you're living in that essence or in that, um, in that why of helping people, you'll be fulfilling that purpose. Um, and also understanding that expectations. What I like to say or I say to myself, the only thing that is constant in life is change. So my expectations should be or can have the room to change because even like within this whole COVID scene too, I've had so many changes, both mentally and physically. I don't have, I don't have my own apartment. I was sleeping on my brother's couch for a while. Um, I was home in Trinidad. Now I'm staying with a friend and I had to embrace that change. It's very hard because I've realized that before I used to be so good with change, but now I've realized that whenever change is coming, like I have like mini panic attacks to the points where I'm like, do I even want to change? But understanding that change is the only thing that is constant in this life and being okay with that or trying to be okay with that has given me the freedom to be like, okay, what's next? You know, if something doesn't work out, what's next? And it goes back to what we said before. Um, Your expectations will change, but within that change, you can be like, okay, what's next? What can I do next? If a social work doesn't work out for me, what's next? Because change is the only thing that is constant. So, yeah. I love that. I It's funny you say that because I made a vision board this year for the first time. <laughs> kind of do things differently. Um, <laughs> and something that I had picked up in December, I was like, I think on Instagram or like, I don't know, maybe YouTube video or something. But they were talking about... Um, having intention over expectation for yourself, you know? Mm. And that's something I put on my vision board was intention over expectation because with an expectation, it's like, I, I need this thing to happen or this thing has to happen. And then it doesn't happen. And then that, 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 there's that emotional break, you know, that emotional like reaction to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas like an intention feels a little more fluid, a little more uh, like workable, you know? Because you're in, you can have an intention 
to be successful in a certain thing. And a couple of things can meet that. Whereas an expectation, only one thing can meet that expectation. If it doesn't meet it, then it's a miss. Whereas mm-hmm. if I intend to do something, there's a little more for- forgiveness in that. And also, I think even when talking about purpose, like as a verb, like to purpose something is to intend for it to do something you want to do, you know? So like <laughs> I purpose this grill to make my, to cook my steaks or whatever, you know? Like I intend for this grill to cook my steaks. If it didn't cook it properly, I still have the intention, you know, like, and so like, as opposed to like an expectation where like, I expect this grill cook my steak perfectly. And then you eat a raw steak and it's like, well, that sucked. You know, like at least if you intended to it, it's a little more, it's like a more of a healthy relationship, you know, than I think having an expectation is a hit or a miss, you know, whereas an intention is like, okay, like it has room to change, you know? Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. Ooh, yeah. Wow, Alex, you really dropped a boatload of gems. Like, wow. <laughs> wow. But I don't know. I, 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 don't, I feel as though like we exhausted everything within this topic of purpose. I know. We, we need that sponsor from Pixar now because... Honestly, I think <laughs> we need it. Like, Pixar, if you hear this, um, if you need two black creatives to so just like right. watch your movies and mm-hmm. give a little spiel, like we are your people for you. I'm you know, we, give, we hit them with a little accent, you know, <laughs> a little song, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> but to end the conversation, I want, I'm going to pick another card from... Ooh. Also, if she wants to sponsor me, I would be so happy. We're not really strangers. I know, I'm about to hit her up. <laughs> honestly, I... <laughs> I love her game. Um, I think it's a her. I think it's a girl who did it. Um, but the last question that I have for you is, what is a lesson you will take away from our conversation? Oh. Um, a lesson I would take away from our conversation is right now the we talked about it a little bit, but the time thing is sticking with me right now. Mm. Um, not to put a time on perceived success or perceived completion of this purpose, you know? Like, I think I still, to this day, as much as I could, like, have this, like, clairvoyance of, like, you know, intention and fluidity and all this stuff, like, when I become 25, I'm going to think about, okay, 25-year-olds should have X, Y, and Z, and I don't have that, you know? So like just kind of detaching myself from society's expectations, uh, even though it, it's a good reference point, I'll be honest, like we have to, we needed to know something to start, you know, and I think I'm grateful that we have markers to reference, but doing a better job of being independent of those things, you know, and staying true to myself um, because the world's not built in a way that supports what we talked about this whole time, you know, like the world is working against that. So that biggest way is just like going back to being sacred, like keeping my purpose sacred to me, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100% yes. Um, I think for me, what I would say, well, I forgot the question already. Um, that stuck out. The biggest me. lesson you take away? I would say my biggest lesson, uh, because we talked about it just now, is celebration. Um mm. And honestly, giving yourself that time, space, 
and privilege, or I should say, um, not privilege, but yeah, time and space to celebrate those small steps and, and not waiting until it was like accumulation of steps to celebrate. Because okay, I want to say this, this is my last analogy. I swear, I love analogies. But if you think about a baby, like when they learn to walk, we celebrate the one crawl that they have, you know, until they reach to that first step. Um, so be like a parent, you know, celebrate those baby steps or those baby crawls until you can finally take your first step. Yeah. yeah. Love that. So with that, Alex and I want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. This is such a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for coming because, you know, <laughs> You could have easily said no, and I've been like, <laughs> okay. But yeah, bye, y'all.